<laughs> wow, you have a lot of sound samples. Holy shit. Yeah, dude, I got stuff to say. Damn. Good stuff? Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. <laughs> more on that later. Who are you calling a moron? Hello, welcome to Think Outside the Box Set. It's a podcast about artists that may be misunderstood, unrecognized, or dismissed, and learning to appreciate them. And I'm Nathan Hunt. And I'm Cameron DeWitt. Mm-hmm. We and this to is Shania Twain. The woman Cameron, what episode in number is this? This is episode two. Not too hard to keep track of. It's Not only, yet. only going to be five episodes. That's true, yeah. I think I can do yeah, it. Yeah, she has, she has uh, one episode post, what, 2002? Shania Twain, Attack of the Clones. Shania uh, Twain in the Chamber hmm. of Secrets. Well, those are big films that came out in 2002. I believe that's the joke you're making. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it is 1990. The year is 1995. The woman is Shania Twain. <laughs> the, the man is Shania is Twain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the man is Mutt Lang. Mutt. Her new hubby bubby tubby toy uh, who produces this album and co-writes uh most of the songs and uh writes on his own one of the songs which was soul writing credit which one's solo bolo you win my love i don't remember which one that is yeah it's not very memorable oh yeah in fact it's bad oh yeah that's the bad lyrics are dumb yeah interesting it's the one about cars yeah we'll get to that yeah we'll get to that um so uh wikipedia says about this album background by 1993 shania twain was promoting her debut album by singing at local gigs in the united states with little more than a backing track cd oh my god i know that's (laughs) 1995 cd (laughs) yeah if i paid money to see a singer and they just like got up on stage and they had a CD that they were singing along with. They're just doing karaoke. Basically. I don't think I would like that very much. No. Uh, would, would that impress you much? Oh boy. <laughs> That's going to come up like 10 times an episode, isn't it? This album kept me warm in the middle of the night. I liked it so much. It was so fun. You liked it so much. I, yeah, dude. Did you not like this album? I was kind of eh on it. I wish it was shorter. That's true. It was a little bit. It was a little bit long. There's twelve songs. And There's twelve songs. Forty eight minutes. They don't all need to be songs. Absolutely. I was going to say they don't all need to be on this album, but I would go so far as to say they don't on all need any to album. be songs. <laughs> they don't mm-hmm. need to even be written for private use. Oh yes. <laughs> um, Cameron, I'll have you know that Entertainment Weekly gave this album an F. What this song? I mean, this album is so great and fun. And it's, sassy. it's not my favorite, but it's definitely not an F. It's definitely not an F. That's crazy. Um, this, I mean, this, it's kind of fun to compare this to Garth Brooks at the same time. Yeah. Um, it's very apparent how differently the music industry treats women and men at this time, and I'm sure still does, um, probably to a lesser degree than back then, but still not great. Um, I mean, if you look at just in the course of getting prepared for this episode, I like uh, happened across some of her music videos or like looked at um, like the, the covers of the singles. Yes. And it is, it's a little bit like disheartening seeing the way that they're like just marketing her as a sex symbol. Don't you think they were marketing? I'm, (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm not trying to like talk about systems here. I'm just talking about specific examples. Don't you think they're trying to market Garth as a sex symbol? A little bit. I feel like those early that... albums especially were like Garth can get it, Garth's daddy. I mean, mostly that just consisted of him like small giving smoldering looks at the camera whereas for shania they like make her wear really revealing clothes and whatnot yeah and and she's she's often not in like poses of power like you can see the alternate cover for this album she's just kind of like lying on a bed uh like she she's not like in empowered poses um you know to the same degree that garth was yeah i guess they're both just um i yeah i guess i guess the different i the main difference is, is is that the system is set up to celebrate or engage with sexuality in a harmful way, um, and we can't give it the benefit of a doubt for being, like, sex positive or something. Um, but, like, I don't know. I don't think there's... I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with uh, being sexual in a like a Garth sort of like powerful masculine way or in Shania's like pretty femininely femininely presented way in, you know, like I don't have any. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't I have mean, any I'm issue with that... it, but like I agree that like the machine behind it is like uh, pretty cynical and kind of gross. That's exa- Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. That's what I was trying to get at. So the... thank you for for clearing that up. The reason I I'm saying all this is because I watched the music videos, a few of them, maybe all of them, uh-huh. and I kind of I kind of have a problem uh, with this. You know, I'm a, I'm monogamous. You know this. Mm-hmm. Beck and I have been together for ten years, and I kind of have a problem with this whole. You know, oh, you, sh- you know, having a celebrity list of like, if you ever had the chance, who would you be allowed to break monogamy with in order to sleep with this celebrity? You know? Oh yeah, yeah. What is that? Like the hall pass? Is that what? Yeah, call it? I think I've heard that. Yeah. Full stop. <laughs> yeah. Is, is that all you had to say? Is that the end? <laughs> yeah. Just apropos oh. of nothing. I just a tangent. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so back to the music videos, did they, uh, rev your little engine up? I, uh, why are you saying that? <laughs> are you a classy little chassis who's hunting for a heart to win? Cameron? Hmm? I just think hmm? that, I just think did that you she's rev it up? a rev real it up neat lady and blows? I respect her a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, and I, I don't know why, uh, she didn't like enter into my pair. I mean, maybe it's just the country music thing and I wasn't watching uh cmt when i was a kid but uh yeah she's oh i see uh it was absolutely working on me today Mm, mm -hmm. uh she's great she's super charming and uh she's very attractive and Mm -hmm. i was very much enjoying her as a as a performer yes she's got a lot of charisma that's for sure yeah yeah um and speaking of any of those issues um this album is very celebratory of womanhood, like very explicitly yeah. um, about that. And she like explicitly talks about it a lot, um, which I appreciate. But on the other hand, it pretty much exclusively seems to be a very, I don't know if I want to say retrograde, but it's like kind of a stereotypical, like uh, uh, traditional, I guess you could call it. Or At its best, it's non-intersectionally feminist. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know if I'd go that far. <laughs> There's a lot of like stereotypical gender roles and um, a lot of like 
quasi essentialist stuff going on which is to say um essentialism is like the the kind of school of thought that says like oh uh men are from mars and women are from venus yeah and, you know men are like this and women are like that and that's just how things are it's pretty normative across the board that's a good word for it and normative yeah there there are some ways that it tries to find power within those assumptions that i think maybe could be useful to some people um or mm-hmm. or yeah helpful in the growth of some people maybe when it was released yeah and i feel uh, like she's empowered when i or at least the character is empowered when i listen to it sometimes i mean not that i'm like the final arbiter or the one to make these kinds of decisions um <laughs> i mean always always throwing that caveat mayor caveat of in there. woke town Nathan <laughs> hunt <laughs> I've finally been elected the final arbiter of what womanhood really means. Um, I just, I, I, I liked uh, Alanis's take on womanhood a lot more. It seemed a lot less like constricting and conformist and uh, was a lot more mad, at least at the beginning. Yeah. And even the ways that she's sad, I feel like are less normative. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I guess that actually really bothered you, huh? I didn't have a problem with just sort of being like, okay, she's writing within a specific cultural, like within specific cultural assumptions. I'm more interested in what she's doing in those assumptions as opposed to whether or not she's, you know, uh, eschewing the assumptions. Yeah. I mean, maybe the only reason it bothered me, I really like picked up on it quite so much was because I just mainlined all the lyrics at once. Like sometimes I, I listen while reading the lyrics, but this time I like listened and then later went and read all the lyrics out of context. Uh, and when, when you just like read them all at once in order, it, you know, it, it can be, it can like maybe lead you to be a little less charitable about some of these things or like notice some themes. A little uh, bit more, maybe. That makes sense to me. Yeah. All right. So, um, anything else? Any uh, general thoughts before we just start talking about them songs? Uh, no, let's get into it. All right. Let's get into it with number one Home Ain't Where the Heart Is. Shania's man slipped on a banana peel and fell out of love, basically. (sighs) What? (laughs) Huh? Uh, They they were in love, and they got married and did the whole family-making thing, and now he's not in love with her anymore. Oh, you're talking about the song. Yeah. Duh. (laughs) What do you think we're doing here? I thought you were talking about Shania. No. I said he. Oh. Um, I, well, you know what? Maybe we should keep an eye out for this, uh, in Shania. Like is, is Shania literally the character in all of these songs? Just the way that Garth was. Oh, um, am I the one being normative now thinking that all country singers, uh, write or, you know, perform, present songs the same way? I don't think, I don't think this is literal. I'm sure it's informed by personal experience. Um, but I don't think it's literal. Yeah. Also, doesn't she talk about, no, it's definitely in first person. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She says Um, me, not her. Right. I think that might be Mutt Lang singing the, the male background vocals. Yeah. I think he is for most of this. He seems to be the only one credited with background vocals, except for Shania herself. I think that that looks right. I'm looking over the credits right now. 
Um, also, <laughs> there's there's points in this album where he sounds a lot like Kermit, which I will point out <laughs> if that's if it's the same uh, background vocalist. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah do, do you wanna... I, I think I got a, a sound sample of that. Oh, great, 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 yeah. great, great. <laughs> I think I know what you're uh, talking about. Yep. Do you want to summarize this song real quick? Uh, yeah. If foundations made of stone can turn to dust, then the hardest hearts of steel can turn to rust. I think that kind of kind of summarizes it. She kind of every took rose her, has a thorn. She took took her relationship uh, for granted um, and thought that they were immune to their household falling apart. But there were termites in it. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, this there's radon. My my favorite lyrics of this of this album are the really bleak, tragic ones, and I think she and Robert Lang are really effective at writing these. Um, Verse one is all about Tessex. He knew how to reach me deep inside. So he's got a long, long... <laughs> empathy. Uh, empathy, love. <laughs> and he found a part of me I could not hide. And we'd walk and talk and touch tenderly. Then he'd lay me down and make love to me. And then uh, we built a love so strong it couldn't break. There was not a road we were afraid to take. And we'd kiss all the way from Arkansas to Rome because in each other's arms we were home sweet home. Pre-chorus. But he don't feel the same since our lives became years of bills, babies, and chains. Holy shit. Yeah, it got real dark. Real dark. Relatable. I mean, I don't know why she's uh, kink-shaming like the BDSM chains and all that stuff, but... uh, They're a baby play. (laughs) <laughs> baby play <laughs> the third host of our podcast the idea yes. of baby play at this point or uh, or bill bill play uh-huh. <laughs> financial domination uh i can't finish unless you're wearing one of those visors <laughs> you, know, you know those yeah the accountants wear yeah why do they wear visors? I what don't is up know. with that? <laughs> I don't know. That image just <laughs> floated like to the top of lighting? my mind. I'm like, why is that there? <laughs> why why is that a thing? And those? why did that make an impression on me? <laughs> I mean, it's the it's the, like stereotypical like stock character of the of the accountant it wears a visor, but do they have like harsh overhead lights or something? Because like all office workers have to deal with that these days. Yeah, totally. I don't know. Yeah, so this is this is about like the years of domesticity and drudgery and um, the the travails and the hardships of having a family and raising children just like kills their relationship, which I think is a fairly common story. Yeah, and uh, is tragic, and I think that they present it in a fairly like convincing and um, effective way in this song. Yeah, uh, I like some of these lines really well. He may hang his hat behind our bedroom door, but he don't lay his head down to love me like before. That's really sad. (laughs) It's really sad. I also like the... Opening track! Yeah, (laughs) this is a strong start. Oh, boy. Yeah, I Um, I really like this song. I think it's really beautiful and and very, very sad and affecting. Yeah, you have a bunch of sound samples. I do. Uh, There's a very good intro that I want to talk about after we listen to it. Yeah. Synth. That, that anticipation there. 
that part is good. The rest of it felt like a little noodly. Like each instrument was like, all right, now I'm going to play a few notes and everyone will know that I'm here too. Well, I, I don't know. I really liked the space. I felt like the noodles were, I don't know. I like noodles when they... Noodles in space. Yum. The cold vacuum of pasta sauce? <laughs> uh, you ever try to eat spaghetti in space? You That's ever seen just a grown crazy. man naked? You ever been to a Turkish prison? <laughs> Uh, I, I mostly liked it because of that last little walk down there. Um, yeah, that part's cool. Can you play like the second half? The thing I like about it is the, when it lands on the four chord at the end, it does it a little bit sooner than you think. And I think Mutt Lang has a pretty good, or maybe it's Shania. I don't know. But if he produced it, I feel like it might be her, but like in the vocals and in the instrumentation, there's a lot of really fun syncopation. Yeah. Let's take a listen to that uh, second half. There. Yeah. What was that, like a an extra, or a, a beat earlier than you would expect? Yeah, I would think that it would go, a do da dee da da But it, instead it goes, da 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 a da da That's nice. Yeah, that's fun. And like, like all the separate instruments noodle, and then they come together and play that line. And I like mm, the individual noodles. Come together. What? Sorry, what? It's like, okay, so Nathan, I was editing the episode last week, and there uh-huh. was a moment where I said, come, uh, after I, re- you said, come. And then I said, come. And you're like, oh, are you making fun of me for saying come? And I didn't know what you were talking about. And you're oh, like, really? <laughs> and you were like, okay, I guess this is fair. Cause I constantly do this to you. So like, literally like you, you have such, that word has so much power over you that well, of course. you thought that me just saying, I love it when he comes on in response to you saying when he came on and <laughs> that, that you thought that I was making fun of you. Oh, there's yeah, just like well, recursive I mean, loops of uh, phrasing. <laughs> yep. I, th- I thought you had a little bit of a sassy tone, but maybe not. No, I was just agreeing with you. <laughs> you never have a sassy tone. You always agree with me. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty hard for me to hear that word and not think of, you know, <laughs> wink, wink. All right. Uh, um, sex stopping. Uh, stopping? <laughs> Depends on who you are and what kind of sex. That's true. Doesn't have to stop. Uh, do you want to talk about a couple of these more sound samples? You got a, a three more. Yeah. Uh, so I got, yeah, proof that Shania fucks, which you already read and you ruined that surprise. So, I mean, we could still listen to it. Okay, fine. Walk and talk and touch tenderly. There's that anticipation again. You lay me mm-hmm. down and make love to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Sexy you lay a whole sex. lot of love on me. <laughs> <laughs> yep 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 uh yeah and so here's some more of that rhythmic anticipation there's a lot of it within the chorus but when they sing home and when they say sing he they do it way before the chord progression phrase actually starts and it's really cool oh, home, and then here voices are just lovely together they are i think i don't know i feel like this was very common around the time like in the 90s when it came to ballads and to be honest i feel like they kind of overdo it a little bit like i would appreciate it a lot more if if it were a little more sparing and i think it, it was just like 
kind of overdone and done to death in the 90s. Just and like a lot of like boy girl ballads. ballads. What's that? Just like boy girl ballads. Just any ballad, you know? You don't like <laughs> just No, like any 90s ballad. Just like a pun- a bunch of of ballads in the 90s just kind of, like kind of have this very fleet free floating like rhythmic feel and yeah they don't have I much think of a pocket would, yeah I, I feel like it would be more effective if it were more sparing if yeah, they did it on like one line maybe i feel like two. their rhythmic anticipation helps with the tempo and with the otherwise like kind of plodding feel it is a little bit plodding i guess yeah i don't know I, I mean i'll defer to you 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 know know a lot more about music than i do but which means that i like it more and and have better taste than you <laughs> and have better opinions yeah. yeah so uh yeah well i'm glad we'll agree to agree there um <laughs> wait no i disagree to agree to agree oh do you agree to that um that wasn't even a double negative and i got confused <laughs> <laughs> uh cool so on almost every single song in this album, there is a take it up key change and uh, yeah, a fair amount another of them overused, another overused device. Yeah. And so that is an offense in this song and most of the songs on this album. And I kind of took issue with that. I will concede that it was just, I don't know, kind of an expectation and you had to press certain buttons back then. But uh, most of the time they don't do the take it up key change in a very interesting way. This song yeah. included. I loved this song up until the point when they do the take up cha- uh, take it up key change. Mm-hmm. Is gone. That's the classic, yeah. like, uh, you know, stop the beat and then come back in. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, not my favorite. Yeah, yeah. There's there's like a couple of those things that are used a lot on this album. There's a lot. There's devices that um, I. It kind of makes a lot of the songs sound kind of samey to me. The other one, the other big one, is like a big walk up to the chorus. They do that in so many of these songs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so on the lines, does. and we'd kiss all the way from Arkansas to Rome. Genius contributor Peter uh, Nawogrodsky says, "Not literally. That's an eleven point five hour flight." Ellipses. And then there's some math: five thousand three hundred forty one point four miles. Oh, eight, I love that song from Rent. Eight. <laughs> That's how many miles I want to kiss your face. Uh, 8,596.2 kilometers or 4,638.5 nautical miles. And that's uh, the rent of the sea. Uh, so I think I need to get back into reading some of these genius annotations because I forgot how funny uh, country music stars are in the way that they engage with the music. That's re- that's true. Yeah, it really makes me wonder. Like, do they just have really high quality, just like shit posters, or are people deadly serious when they say things like that? Uh, what do you think? <laughs> okay, first one. He knew how to reach me deep inside. Uh, the annotation from Tom White says this sounds like a dodgy innuendo, but Shania is actually talking <laughs> about her emotional inside. <laughs> <laughs> Did he say dodgy innuendo? Yeah, it must be a <laughs> what. <laughs> uh must be an australian yeah i mean that's i mean i I know what the word means it just like is a weird way to put it (laughs) that's pretty entertaining yeah we should get back on the geniuses of the genius no didn't we have that bit didn't we call it that at one point hey this is actually a a, a, i think we did this is actually a pretty insightful uh contribution here from tom white 
Shania is known for her celebration of traditional gender roles, though she can occasionally be quite subversive. And here, she shows that once again, in her ideal of sex, it's the guy who's the active partner and the woman who's passive. That's a good genius annotation. That is a good genius annotation. Then he'd annotation. lay me down and make love to me. Good point, yeah, Tom Wright. I actually had thought something similar about that, where it's like the way she phrases it makes it sound like, yeah, he's the only one who has like an active agency in that. Uh, yeah. Which, I mean, it's like, it's it not necessarily follows from that, but like you definitely could interpret it that way. Yeah, but just two years ago, she was flirting with the moon. She was being an absolute pansexual poly person. Yeah, so exactly. Finger banging you don't get more Cadillac. You don't get more pan than the moon. Should we move on to uh, song yes, two? Because we should. spent like 20 minutes on that first one. Yeah. Any man of mine. I want to hear him say, yeah, 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 like it's not a way. Any man of mine, better walk the line. Better show me a teasing, squeezing, blazing kind of time. This chorus is pretty fun. This song's I, great. Oh, boy. I don't know if I go that far. I like the chorus. Any man of mine better walk the line. Better show me a tease and squeeze and please in kind of time. I like that a lot. That's fun. Great. I need a man who knows how the story goes. He got to be a heartbeating, fine treating, breathtaking, earthquaking kind. Any man of mine. Great. Uh, but yeah, that's fun. I like that. The chorus is good. But the verses are essentially... Uh, the song form of if you don't accept me at my worst you don't deserve me at my best yeah Um, any man of mine better be proud of me even when i'm ugly he still better love me and i can be late for a date that's fine but he'd better be on time you know what if i think if this song is taken literally i think like hypothetically someone could listen to this and be like oh this is an abusive person but i i think this is pretty tongue-in-cheek and I think she's just well, being a little stinker. But I think what she's really getting at in the song, there, there's basically just a huge list of, I can be um, obnoxious in these ways, and I'm not interested in a man who's anything less than 100% supportive of me when I'm acting this way. Um, so, like, if taken literally, obviously, <laughs> that's an issue. But I think what she's talking about here is just men being critical of women. And she's saying like, yeah, I'm not really interested in a relationship like like that. I'm going to be like pretty imperfect in a lot of these ways. And if you can't be down with that, then you're probably a hypocrite and you're not really worth my time. And so why would I be? Well, I think to have that read of the song, you have to like bring a lot to the table because I don't think that's necessarily in the song. Like this is basically a, I feel like I'm listening to a Kathy cartoon or something. She's going like, ack. Like, uh, any man of mine better disagree when I say another woman's looking better than me. And when I cook him dinner and I burn it black, he'd better say, mmm, I like it like that. Yeah. Ack. And if I change my mind a million times, I want to hear him say, yeah, 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 yeah. I like it that way. Um, it's yeah. like, yeah, it's, I, I don't know. It's, it's definitely tongue in cheek and humorous, but it's also like very conventional and conformist. And I feel like it, um, is, is sort of like predicated on and feeds into the idea of the woman being like the irrational partner in the relationship. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, it feels like it's based on and sort of feeding back into that stereotype. <sighs> I do know what you mean. And I think that's a pretty compelling argument. But 
I think in general, I'm I'm just going to have a hard time not leaning into what is the culture that she's speaking to, and in what way is she like empowering women um, within a culture and within a high context uh, mm, set of expectations and assumptions. Yeah, that's a good point. So I and and I feel like the main message of this song is. I'm not going to waste my time with a man who doesn't like me and doesn't treat me with, uh, it's not, I mean, ultimately respect, but like who doesn't just like, if you're just going to criticize me all the time, like I'm not interested in that. And I feel like, uh, a much more harmful stereotype, uh, or, uh, or a, a much more harmful pattern is women having to endure the criticism uh, of men. Right. And the disrespect of men. And this is just a song about, like, not only am I not going to endure criticism, disrespect, like, I'm going to be wildly imperfect, and I expect you to be cool with that. <laughs> and I kind of appreciate that, you know? Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. I just, I feel like the way she phrases it, it doesn't really have any of that, like, she doesn't specifically talk about the man not criticizing, you know, like, she doesn't specifically talk about, like, men criticizing her or anything. Like, the the specifics she chooses really make it sound like she wants him to be a doormat. And and I I get that, like, she's being tongue-in-cheek about that, but she also doesn't have, like, the sincere form of what you're talking about, I think, in the text of the song. Yeah, I think I'm, I absolutely think that I'm reading a lot into it. (laughs) Yeah, but you, you may be right, like, in terms of context, though. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I do think that's an interesting point. Like you're talking about the equating womanhood with like irrationality. And I was taught a lot of messages, uh, that were harmful, I think, uh, from various role models in my life, which is uh, like, it's what a man needs to do is just to be sort of silently supportive and, um, keep your mouth shut. If you're, <laughs> if your wife does something that, uh, uh, or the woman in your life does something that you disagree with um, or don't condone. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I the under underneath that is the assumption that, like, uh, because we need to be able to get away with our bullshit. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and because, like, they're too sensitive to, like, you know, deal with it. And we need to be the bigger person. Yeah. I think is the yeah, real insidious. It's very, insidious. like, patronizing. Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> um... I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, should any one song be responsible for, uh, you know, totally encompassing love in relationships? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So um, I was able to appreciate it and I wasn't particularly triggered by it. Yeah. Uh, but Cameron, you know what I think we can both agree on is that Shania is terrible at rapping. Uh <laughs> hate that so much uh, that big break w- between keep on moving till you just can't take anymore nathan Ugh. we absolutely cannot agree oh uh, no you like that this. i think it is very charming and i think it's one of the 
most charming dance imperatives I've ever heard. And and I think I I think the phrase lengths are really funny and I like how it feels like it's blank, but then it rhymes in a spot that like the rhyme is delayed. I don't know. I think it's really fun and you need to fucking lighten up. <laughs> no, I will not. <laughs> I hate it. It made I, me cringe so hard. I, I just like, okay, would, <laughs> would you be cringing if Garth did this? Yes. Are you sure? Because I, I feel like you would be saying, oh, Garth, he's so silly. Well, I don't know. You know, I feel like, well, I think maybe part of it is maybe Shania just caught me on a, uh, a less charitable feeling day. I feel like there were definitely times like for ICP, for instance, where I was like really enjoying them and other times where I was like not willing to give them much slack. Um, but also I feel like we've gotten less of Shania just like being goofy, you know? And so it's, it's, this is pure goof. I know, I know. But it's like, if I knew that she had a goofy side to her, I could maybe see this as being goofy. But in the absence of that, it just, I don't know. When I first heard it, I was just like, oh, this is like just a really silly, but sincere, like early nineties, like um there's a lot of just like pop music that had sort of quasi rap stuff in it and it just i didn't think it was good i think these are the seeds of i think these are the goof seeds hmm gorsh yeah (laughs) should we listen to some uh sound samples yes uh this so one of the things i like about this album the most is the sorry this track the most is the change between the double time and the half time uh and most of the song is in a half time groove with a fiddle um playing in double time and that mm-hmm. is really fun and then the chorus is just a straight up like double time country honky tonk kind of thing so here's the intro and this part is in half time It's got like kind of a queen, like stomp, clap, stomp, clap. Yeah. Not quite that rhythm, but like, yeah. I, I want the audience to be part of the song. <laughs> Is that your Mutt Lang voice or your Freddie no, Mercury voice? No, that was like uh, in, in the trailers for um, that movie that that pedophile made um, about Queen. Jeffrey Epstein? No, no not that pedophile. <laughs> Jimmy Savile? <laughs> There's been all of these. Donald uh, Trump. There's been all of these great memes going around uh, that start with. Uh, they're very garden path memes. Like they start with like how to eat candy corn, and then it'll be a big candy corn, and it'll be the white section on top, and then it'll say, um, "Go to the store, buy some candy corn," or "Open up the bag," and then like the the orange part will just say throw it in the garbage and then the brown part on bottom will say jeffrey epstein didn't kill himself <laughs> yeah i've seen a couple of those yeah, yeah those are going around and i'm getting I'm yeah. really <laughs> enjoying those pretty um, good. uh anyway uh no there's okay we're i'm just stopping the tangents uh there are too many tangents oh, off of too many other tangents um, i forgot which tangent we were on yes uh i should talk about what halftime and double time is I think that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's necessary because I think people have an intuitive understanding of what it is, but specifically what's going on is uh, <coughs> the halftime is when instead of going one two three four one two three four like a typical rock beat, you're going one two three four one two three four one two three four one two three four. 
Essentially, what you're doing is you're, instead of emphasizing two and four, you're emphasizing three, which makes it feel like the three is a two, and then the next three is the four, and like you're spreading out the beat, like Mm -hmm. you have half the amount of uh, beats. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Do you think that makes sense to people listening to it? (laughs) It's hard to say. Okay, okay. Let let me, give me, give me a song that's in four, four time, and I'll clap in standard time, and then I'll clap in half time. You get to pick. It has to be a song that I know. Oh, do I, wait, do I just, do I pull it up on Spotify or? No, you pick a song for, and I'll just sing it. Uh, Let's do like, uh, Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles. Okay. um, Is that a bad choice? Uh, no, there's a lot of that song that's just in 4-4, but there's a part of it that's profoundly not in 4-4, but I will ignore that part. Oh, I guess that that's right. Um, so, um, uh, the part right before the crazy time signature part is, uh, here it is in standard time. It would be like, here comes the sun, here comes the sun, I say, I don't know what the words are. Um, here it is it's in right. half time. It would be like... Uh, stomp. Here comes the sun. Da, 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 da. Here comes the sun. Da, da, da. Like that. So there's half the amount of um, of accents. Usually that's played by like with a snare, and um, it, it still has the rock beat, but it's stretched out so that the um, it lands in a different spot, and that is especially interesting with the fiddle because the fiddle's going one two three four or one two three four or it's doing a standard Nashville shuffle um, mm-hmm. if I remember right. So pl- play that sample again so people can listen for how the drum beat is interacting with the fiddle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fiddle's accenting those two and four beats by going chaka tum, chaka tum, chaka tum, chaka. That's like one of the first beat, uh, one of the first r- patterns you learn in old time music, or in bluegrass fiddling, or in country fiddling, is that Nashville shuffle, which goes like down, up, down, up, down, up, and it accents that second and fourth beat. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when we go into the chorus, it switches to double time, and I have a sample of that as well. Mm. <laughs> Still in halftime. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you explain it that way, because when you put it that way, and I'm really thinking about it, it becomes very obvious and clear. Yeah. And yeah, it's one of these ways that you can have a time signature change uh, without changing the tempo and without changing the the numerator. Like the, it still fits the same way. It just reinterprets the same space as being like, okay, now we're in double time instead. So mm-hmm. uh, there's a awesome fiddle and electric guitar duet where they double each other. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. That's fucking great. Yeah, that is super cool. She's got some great instrumentation on this album. And all of the fiddling, I think, sounds pretty good, uh, which is different than uh, early Garth stuff. Early Garth stuff, which all sounded like garbage. I think it's because this is like a Nashville album. Right. Was was Garth not the Nashville sound? I don't think so, man. I I mean, I think he was inspired by it, but I think he was 
fucking recording in California and stuff, if I remember right. Oh, like a Bakersfield thing? Nah, I, I don't know. I don't know the particular like mini genres of country music well enough. Um, uh, then you already played the dance imperative, so mm-hmm. we don't don't need to you listen have, to that. You have a very intriguing one called "Hang a Stetson on It." That's not for this song. It's uh, it's number. It says "Any Man of Mine." It says number two. I mean, you, you can cut this out if you want, but yeah, I guess I will. Oh, so she, yeah. she brought a barbershop uh, trio in for just a hot second. Yeah, so I think I I forgot that I had made this note um, and took that sample. But basically, that is a take it up that I actually really like because they uh, okay. When I said hang a Stetson on it, I thought in my head that the term uh-huh. was hang a hat on it, but then I was like, oh, it's actually hang a lantern on it. And then it mm-hmm. just sort of is a, a whole string of like negative tropisms that like got me to <laughs> like that. So anyway, all I'm trying to say is well, like that's in made lanterns for, for decades, you know? Oh, there you go. So it was a good joke. <laughs> you just wore them on your head <laughs> and they didn't Once admit again, any light. I'm accidentally hilarious. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But I am Pagliacci. Um, (laughs) But doctor, I am Stetson Lantern. (laughs) That'd be a great name for like a cowboy and like a, like a, like Red Dead Redemption or something. Stetson Lantern. (laughs) Stetson Lantern. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I like that key change because they have such a, an egregious intro to it. (laughs) Yeah, it's. I guess I guess that's definitely. I would hope that that's goofy. It's got to be, right? It's got to be. Yeah, I think so. It's goofy on purpose and it's fun. Let's move on because we've only oh. talked about two songs. <laughs> okay. Uh let's talk about song number 3. How about that? It's called Whose Bed Have Your Boots Been Under? Fuck yeah, dude. The, the little acapella break? Stack those BGVs. Yeah, that sounded pretty good. Uh, so this is an example of... of um, they come up with a, a quippy line, and then they reverse engineer a song from it. Yes. Where it actually works. Because I actually like this line, whose bed have your boots been under? It helps that it's not like a cliche that we've seen a thousand places elsewhere. Right. It's like they made a new cliche, which is always the best when you can make a new one. This should be a cliche. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's it's an evocative image. It is. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like, I think it sort of references, there's that phrase about like knocking boots. Uh, with someone as like a, uh, a an idiom to have sex with them with your boots on, <laughs> I guess. I guess that's the idea. We like went went back behind the outhouse and knocked boots <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. That's gross. Stop kicking me. <laughs> Stop kicking. At least my take boot. the spurs off. Jesus. <laughs> Unless you're into that, I'm not king shaming. I'm just. You know. You're the worst. You're so intolerant. <laughs> ExtremeRestraints.com/slash/spurs. <laughs> So, oh yeah, what's yeah, the song about? This is a song about how Shania's literal partner has a lot of dalliances with women that she knows. She knows their name, and she knows 
something about each one of them. Yeah, it's a real Mambo number five situation. Yeah. I heard you've been sneaking around with Jill. And what about that weekend with Beverly Hill? Get it? That's her name. Her name's Beverly. Beverly Hill. And I've seen now, you walk in with Long Do you think the legs. original lyric may have been, and what about that weekend in Beverly Hill? Oh, that's Because that would have made more sense, but absolutely would have been more scandalous. Yes. That's a good point. In Beverly Hill, uh, <laughs> the man in her. <laughs> hmm. And I've seen you walking with long legs, Louise, and you weren't just talking last night with Louise. Um, yeah, this dude is having sex with so many different women. Uh, apparently, He's got a Lolita? Like, on the DL. Yeah, I, I think it's not a reference to the book. I know no, about there's, Lolita, there's your just, little Spanish flame. There are just women named Lolita. Well, I don't... I don't think there are that many women who that that's their like real uh, legal first name. I think there are women named Lola with the nickname of Lolita. You think uh, Nabokov kind of ruined it? Probably. I mean, I can't see Lolita not think of Nabokov. I mean, that's just me. Yeah, it's like Adolf. Yeah. <laughs> or Sting. Yeah. Or Judas. <laughs> Or Karen, or Kyle, or Chad. She knows what she did. <laughs> she knows what she... No, there's like... <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of memes that have come out in the past, what, several years that are all about like how uh, middle-aged white ladies named Karen who have haircuts like this are always asking to see the manager. And it's become oh. it's become almost like this like... Oh, yeah, there was like, like an... watchword, this phrase for like, these yeah, kinds like of Becky. people are called Karens. Yeah. 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 Uh... Yeah, there was a specific name that was for middle-aged white ladies who call the cops on black people. There was a, it's probably <laughs> there Karen. Was a name for that. It was probably Karen, yeah. 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 Incels call, like, alpha males chads, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, this this uh, song's like it's got a it's got a fun rhythm. It's um, it's a little bit unclear, like to what extent. Hmm. Like, how do you think that this Shania is in a, in a like explicitly exclusive relationship with this person? Or is she I don't like think kind it's of... literally her, but I think this is well, a. Yeah. I sort of think this is like a a new dating relationship, and she's just and she's like, oh yeah, this dude's, or or maybe like they're not specifically exclusive, or maybe he won't specifically agree to it, or maybe he's just like, yeah, yeah, it's just you and me. But then she knows. I don't yeah. think they're living together. Is what I'm trying to say. Ah, uh, yeah, I think I think you're right. I don't get the the sense that they are doing that. Uh, I like that she calls him Boots at one point. Come on, Boots. The next time you're lonely, don't call on me. Try the operator. Maybe she'll be free. Come on, Boots. <laughs> Come on, Boots. Yeah. Uh, there's have a, so many sound samples. Oh my god. There's a good couplet in the chorus. Do you want to you want to play that? Uh, couplet in the yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'll 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 let that one go. I like how kissing and wishing how she forces that rhyme. Kissing, wishing. I don't like early in the chorus. She says, "Whose bed have your boots been under? And whose heart did you steal? I wonder." It's a little bit forced, but I'll give it a pass. But then the I third like line, it. the third line this time, did it feel like thunder, baby? Is yeah, that's, that's, that's just that's so forced. It's like that come is on. forced. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's this a minor. This time quibble. you made a blunder, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Did you shoot a blunder bus? That is. <laughs> um, hmm. Do you want to listen to the intro on this song? You got a sound sample for it. I do. Yeah, apparently it was good. Oh, <laughs> okay. really. All right. You don't even know which sound samples you have. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, that fucking rules. That's great. Yeah, that's see if you want me to forgive offenses like this time did it feel like Thunder Babies? Fucking start a song like that. That's all I need. Yeah, exactly. That's big a great acapella point. break. Some potatoes on the fiddle. Uh, what? You potatoes? Boil them, mash them, stick them in a shoe. Did I say shoe? shoe? <laughs> you That's idiot. not what you do with your potatoes? <laughs> Wait, Samwise would be so mad at you right now. <laughs> Have I been doing it wrong this whole time? They don't go in shoes? What? Uh, you're an old-time musician. Have you, are, are you not familiar well, with, with this uh, with terminology of potatoes? Uh, no, I am not a, familiar a with that. A potato is an instrumental count-off. So instead of saying oh. one, two, you know what to do, you go ding, 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 on your I, banjo, I, fiddle, or guitar. I know what those are. I did not know they were called potatoes. They're potatoes. Hmm, okay. Play those potatoes again. All right. Who's been, have your boots been under? Mm-hmm. They're characterized specifically by being amelodic. Right. It's just uh, like the one chord. Why are they called potatoes? I have no idea. Hmm, okay. Maybe I can find that, and maybe there will be a note about that in the learning links on the show notes, uh, but maybe not. Maybe it's just like in reference to the rhythm. Potato, potato, potato. <laughs> See, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> potato, potato. No one no, counts off a song that way. <laughs> did, did you hear what I said? You I have did, to like but emphasize that's the... stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't say it wasn't stupid. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I Come forgot on. that I'm just supposed to assume that. Yeah, like point. 90% of everything I say is incredibly stupid. I don't know what you keep putting these standards on me for. All right, let's go on to song four. It's called If You're Not In It. Well, sorry, that's in parentheses. If You're Not In It For Love, I'm out of here. <laughs> Uh, that's some pretty cool guitar work. Yeah, this song's kind of a, fun. It is. Got some a, hand. Got some hand claps. There's a lot of hand claps in this album, and stomps. And uh, I think is this the one that has the door slamming? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a brilliant Foley work. Apparently, that is the uh, the drummer. He's credited as percussion door. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So Shania comes on real strong. Uh, mind if I sit down? Can I buy you around? Haven't seen your face before. Are you new in town? It's the same old line. Oh, every time. Are you here alone? Can I take you home? You think that she's being the oh. pickup artist, but then she's like, no, I'm talking about other pickup artists and I'm about to ha- talk about how I don't like them. Yeah. Yeah, she is. And instead, she, what does she say? What does she say? I was trying to set you up. Oh, <laughs> I, I can said, do what it does she say? Want. What does she say? Like you're searching uh, the lyrics. I know. I guess I did say that weird. She says, if you're not in it for love, yeah. uh, if you're not willing to give it all you got, let me make it clear to you, my dear. You're not in it for love. I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I. So she does really come on strong because she's like, she's basically saying like, yeah, you got to have the, um, it, well, okay. Let me back up. Maybe my reaction to the song is kind of getting triggered, uh, or I sorry, I'm getting triggered in this song because having grown up around a lot of uh, rhetoric 
from certain religious peoples in this country that are that talk ah, yes. about uh, courtship instead of dating and how every relationship has to be like intended for marriage um, instead of you know like a ca- like a casual dating that may uh, develop into something more. Yeah. Um, so this song was very reminiscent of that uh, for me because she says if you're not in it for love, if you're not willing to give it all you got, if you're not in it for life. If you're not in it for love, let me make it clear. I'm out of here, etc. Yeah. Um, I mean, okay. I think it's valid for someone to feel that way. I think especially once you get to a certain age. Yeah. I don't um, know. It's it's kind of, it's a strong opener though. And it's yeah. like, I, I mean. Because I guess in the fiction of this song, like it, it sounds like she's at a bar and she is looking to meet someone. And then right. she's just saying like, no, this is what I'm, what's happening yeah it's just it's i don't know to say like if you're not willing to give it all you got it's like jesus take me out for dinner first you know if you're not in it for life like let's at least get to know each other before we start making those kinds of decisions jesus right yeah there's there's a transactional element in there um i would try to make an argument that she that this is like a self-respect anthem um but i don't it would be harder a harder argument to make yeah because she's yeah i don't know because she doesn't really give examples of like men being bad or like being if she if she was talking about men's like kind of leading her on i think that would be one thing Mm -hmm. but she's just talking about men being like pickup artists right and uh i don't think there's a clear binary of being like using cheesy lines at a bar and not being interested in monogamy Right, yeah. Or and being interested in monogamy is what I was trying to say. Yeah, it's almost so, like a fa- it's a false dichotomy <coughs> and she's like swinging yeah. way hard the other direction. Yeah, and it there's yeah, it's not really filled out with enough to really grab onto. I that being said, a, it's a pretty catchy song. Yes, it is. It's rock and roll. It is rock and roll. There's not there's like a little bit of country here. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. But there were people who criticized this album for being quote unquote less country than the previous album. Uh, a little bit country, your- whole mm-hmm. lot of rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, I I made this sample that says a whole. Uh, it says a lot of business, and I'm here for it, but I don't remember what it is. <laughs> Interesting. Let's figure it out. I'm out of here. That is a lot of business. That is business, and you're here for it. It's pretty. This is some pretty hammy stuff, but I like it. Yeah, it is kind of hammy. You um, got uh, you got a, a dobro slide. You got like two electric guitars noodling. You got a mm-hmm. um, a glissando on the piano. Mm-hmm. A double a double glissando up up and down. Mm-hmm. A drum fill. Yeah, that's fun. That's fun stuff. Yeah. Um, there's, kept, there's a lot of like blues on this of, album. Like, take my life, take my land. Every time I heard the Dobro <laughs> song. Yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, there's a lot of like blues on this album too. Like a lot of the rock and roll is very like bluesy rock and roll. Sure. Yeah. Um, you, there's like, there's one that has like a straight up like blues like walk going on in, I think on a piano and it m- might've been this song. I forget. There's anyway. no take it up in this song. This is the first one on the album without a take it up key change. And thank dog for that. Yes. Uh, you got some Foley work you want to highlight on this oh, song. Oh, yeah. This is the uh, dr- door getting slammed. I'm out of here. Take my life. <laughs> Sigh. Yeah. 
<laughs> in the stereo version of the track, she you can hear her walk across a room. Mm. Which is kind of kind of fun. Yeah, that's that's fun. Fully. All right, let's go into song five. Let's pick up the pace. This one's called "The Woman in Me." When the nights get too long And I just can't go on The woman in me Needs you to be There's that big walk up to the chorus I was talking about. It's in a lot of these songs, but it's very apparent on this one. Yeah, that's not my favorite. Yeah. This isn't my favorite song. I think it's a pretty nice, vulnerable song. It is a little plotting and it's balladiness. Mm-hmm. but I like the sentiment pretty well. The title always makes me think of, and this is true for the album because the album has the same title as well. I can't not think of the uh, book that Tobias wrote in Arrested Development. Yeah. Do you remember that? He's He wrote a book called The Man and Me. Uh, there's so much, um, I don't know. <laughs> Do you think it's that show is like kind of homophobic? Is that what you were about to say? I think it's very homophobic. Uh, well, I, okay. So it, it depends on how you defer how you define the term, mm. um, but I mean, I kind of have an issue with un- unless the character is like really really supported. I kind of have an issue with making fun of closeted people, uh, especially people who are in denial. Yeah, I I could see that, um, and especially like if the joke is that they're gay and isn't that funny, haha. Um, counterpoint: I feel like at least some of the times they're intending for the joke to be just Tobias is completely oblivious because he's also oblivious about literally everything else, including his own yeah, daughter, I mean, his wife. At the end of the day, you can't just make <laughs> at the end of the day, if you're making shows with uh, bad people, you can't just have a whitewashed heteronormative cast, you know? Right. Like you have to be able to make like dumb and bad characters of, you know, of every type. Um, so, mm-hmm. and I agree that the character is really funny and a lot of the obliviousness is funny because it is willfully obtuse. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, the woman in me needs you to be the man in my arms to hold tenderly. Cause I'm a woman in love and it's you. I run to, yeah, the woman in me needs the man in you. Um, I don't really get why she's saying the woman in me and the man in you. Like, it seems like, this is kind of what you're talking about, about the like leaning into these gender roles as being these things that are like foundational. Right. Yeah. It's like, why are you even bringing it up? Yeah. Why don't you just say, I need you? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but she's sort of saying it like there's something fundamental in like my femininity and your masculinity um, that I think is vague enough that it feels like it's like, it's okay to be feminine and masculine and to be like polarized in your like gender expression, obviously, but it's, it's, you have to be aware of it. Right. Yeah. (laughs) You just can't be subject to it. And it kind of just seems like she's subject to it. Yeah. And not doing it from a place of agency. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's pretty much all I have to say about this song. I don't know, but it is like tender and like, I don't know. I like, I like it. I think it's sweet. It's got a little sweetness it, to it, it, yeah. It's a song about how the world's kind of like shitty. It's and like, it's nice to have a person um, that you can like count on and have, can be part of your refuge from it. So I think that's right. sweet. 
it's also not even halfway through the album <laughs> and we are running a little late. So, uh, do you want, let's move on for you. Well, yeah, let's move on to, is there life after love? And every night I die, is there life after love? Some things aren't certain, but some things I'm sure Here's so, a fun fact. Mm? No, God. Cher's song, it seems like, did come out after this song. Oh, Believe? Yeah. Oh, of course. That came out like 99, 2000, 2001? Looks like ni- 98. 98. Oh, okay. So three years after. Which is song. bonkers to me because I thought that was an older song. No. No, that was it. Uh, I mean, it, it uses auto tune. So it had to have come out at a time when computers had some sort of processing power to do that. <sighs> that song rules. Isn't that great? There, I just I was just listening to the uh, Punch of the Jam episode about it, and they were just like losing their shit over how great the song is, and I was like, yeah, got to agree, yeah. hard agree, as as yeah. the kids say these days. Yeah, but uh, I guess Shania did not rip off that song. If anything, it was the other way around. Yeah, every road had a rainbow, and every wish had a star. Every tear had a shoulder to cry on, and every night had guitars. But every the, fool's the tears crying. <laughs> I, the tear had a shoulder to cry on. That's, All right, what's up? It's it's guitar night. <laughs> oh boy! Okay, these lyrics are stupid. <laughs> They're stupid. And every fool's a lonely fool. That's kind of a good line. Oh, this is mm-hmm. Mutt's first writing credit on this. Oh yeah, he is. I don't think he's that good of a songwriter. We'll we'll get to a couple later. Like okay. his 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 uh his credit the one the song where he's the only one credited is not great. It's um, a real stinker. Yeah, but every fool's a lonely fool, and such a fool am I. Because every night I think of you, and every night I die. Uh, <laughs> Calm down, Shania. Yeah, it's a little much. Yep. Um, the fun fact about this song, it's got Sam Bush on mandolin. Aw, Sam. Aw, Sammy. He's of the uh, the Newgrass Revival, um, which is just bringing it full circle because he played on uh, Colin Baton Rouge with Garth. Yeah, f- uh, friend of the show, Sam Bush. Friend of the show and uh, <laughs> a personal friend, I, I hope, one day. <laughs> Never going to happen. Um, he's old. Is there future, life after future love? Future guest of my life, Sam Bush. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there life uh, after love? Some uh, things aren't certain, but some things I'm sure of, like angels in heaven and God up above. Yeah, they, sure they, she got it twisted there. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 like that's supposed to like, be what you're not certain about. <laughs> it's like a child. Like <laughs> some things I'm sure of, angels in heaven and God up above. It's like listening to like a childish doggerel. It's like ugh, not great. Yeah, and also her point is like, we all know those things exist, but is there life after love? <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, this, this song's not great, um, but it's pretty musically interesting. Um, there's a few moments where it does a walk-up, like a walk-up to the chorus, but then instead of going to the four chord, because normally it goes, do, 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 mm-hmm. um, up to the four chord in a chorus. Like, that's a typical country idiom mm-hmm. but instead it goes do 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 da it goes to the minor six chord kind of mm. crazy never heard anything like that let's take a listen is there life after love some things aren't you hear that you hear that shit some things i'm sure mm-hmm. it's like a very un there's a very unstable harmony in this song mm-hmm. like the progression 
It's, it say? makes it pretty pensive. Unstable? Which I think helps. Yeah, like that's an unstable thing to do. Like it, it kind of weaves around and it takes a while to resolve. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And it feels, it feels very pensive and I think helps sell some of these dumb lyrics. Yeah. I think, I think the music definitely does try to uh, sell it and the lyrics aren't great. And uh, it's, it's more effective than it would be if the lyrics were worse. So then it does a take it up key change, but it does it to the chorus which you think would go to a four, but goes to a six. So it does a walk up in the new key to a new, uh, like, surprise. So it's like kind of, it's a really interesting take it up, is what I'm trying to say. Because there's, uh, it's it's atypical. Mm, it's it's antypical. <laughs> is there life after love? Something's uncertain. Maybe I should have taken a bigger sound. <laughs> I think it faded out. Do you have the unfaded out version? That might help. Uh, I can do that. Yeah. Undo the fades. Is no. <laughs> it <didn't help. laughs> hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> but, right. um, it, yeah, I, it's not my favorite song. Uh, but I thought that was kind of interesting. All right. Should we move on? If it don't take two. (laughs) Kermit. (laughs) There it is. I don't think I took a, a uh, sound sample of that in isolation because it's so prominent in the chorus here. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> uh, the <Matt D>. Lang here. Cameron, you know what I always say? It takes two to tango and two lips to seal a kiss. Wait, no, that's not what it is at all. I think yeah, I mean, does it mean one... <laughs> I mean, I guess you could like kiss someone's cheek and I, yeah, but still, or they're (laughs) kiss my ass with two lips, but what in context, I think she means four lips to seal a kiss. Yeah. I think that is what she means. Maybe she means two. Maybe she should have said two pairs of lips, two lipses, two mouths. (laughs) Mouth is always weird when you pluralize it. (laughs) This is so dumb. (laughs) It's not dumb. It's a legitimate criticism. No, no. I mean, we're great. She's dumb. Oh, yeah. Not, not her, but like this we, whole, her project. We, we, we smart. She dumb. We smart. She dumb. Um, but a flame and a candle won't burn on a night like this. I don't know what that means. Uh, this yeah. is another normative, another normative song. That whole verse, though, is like, I, they really lost the plot. I think they might have had too much coke in the writer's room. But a flame <laughs> and a sail can- on a still day, like two ships on the sea of yep. love. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Let me just read the whole thing in context. But a flame and a candle won't burn on a night like this. If it don't take two, it takes two to go one way and two winds to be strong enough, but you can't <laughs> sail on a still day like two ships on a sea of love if it don't take two. It's like, oh, are we missing boy. some, like, punctuation? <laughs> <Or> like, what? <laughs> I, I think maybe they just developed a temporary aphasia, kind of like word salad. Just no one quick. knew what he had to do. <laughs> Ooh, oh, yeah. 
Yeah, he sent us out in the world walking two by two. Oh boy, that that is, mm. yeah, uh, yeah. Basically, she says, "If I'm if I'm not with you, no, it ain't worth going through if it don't take two. Does she mean like life isn't worth living? Yeah, that's what. It, yeah, that's not a great sentiment to have. No, absolutely not. <laughs> it's not yeah. Yep. So not shout, shout not out shout out to the aces out there. Yeah. Yeah. Shout uh, out to anybody who's comfortable being single and isn't just like looking also to that. off themselves because they haven't found somebody yet. <laughs> uh let's let's move on. Yes. You win my love by moving on to the next song. It's called You and My Love. Just go faster, faster. Don't be slow. This has got to be the worst song on the album. <laughs> so there's two kind of like controlling uh, metaphors in this. There's winning. <laughs> there's some kind of competition. And then there's vehicles. Yes. So I guess maybe there are people who are like drag racing for the uh, for the affections of Shania Twain. Because, I guess so. Yeah. Um, in this it- song, she's like, so you got a fancy car. That do impress me much. That's essentially what this song is. Yeah. Uh, there's some gross stuff going on. I'm looking for a lover who can rev his little engine up. That's... Uh, Engorge his phallus. Yeah. And you don't have to size shame, Shania. Uh, and then this part is real gross. Oh, she likes but if, little dicks. <laughs> well, She's not shaming. <laughs> but if you want to win it, there's no speed limit. Just go faster, faster. Don't be slow. Rev it up. Rev it up till your engine blows. Okay. Yeah, this is a mutt joint. This yeah, is all mutt. You can definitely hear it, um, and it's gross, and I don't like it. And uh, yeah, this is a song uh, for a woman to sing about men uh, don't have to pace themselves during sex. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just go ahead and get it over by with, a man. <laughs> get it over with as quickly as possible. You don't have to worry about my pleasure. Yeah, uh, you win. Yeah, <laughs> yay! You won the race. Yeah. The race to orgasm, that is. Um, to quote our mutual teacher and uh, my first poetry teacher, Bill Jolliff, maybe this is two songs, or maybe three songs, or maybe none at all. There's <laughs> way was, too many ideas in this song, and none of so them are coherent. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, mean, some, I mean, I needed to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it was just like, oh, you're communicating with such care and with such a gentle tone, but you're being absolutely savage. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Exactly. I love that. I'm a savage. I'm an asshole. I'm a king. I don't know that one. Uh, Kendrick. I messed up the lyrics. Oh, okay. Raining on our love? Raining on our love. So this is the other like tragic song on this album, and I think it's pretty effective. I mean, besides the chorus, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of like the whole raining on our love metaphor. Yeah, remember so me? The, so our love crops could grow. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh no, watch out for a love flood. Uh, remember me the way I love was. Love flood. <laughs> love flood, baby. Um, Funk gave that old flood. The mic there. Uh, remember me the way I was, the way I'd make you late for work. I had to hold you just because. Remember you the way you'd wake me up to love me once again. We were lovers. We were friends. Pre- oh, no. Pre-chorus. But I was chasing rainbows, blinded by the sun, and did I take for granted I'd be the only one? Oh, no. And this part, I don't think I've heard this in a song before, or at least phrased this way. I didn't know you were so lonely. Am I to blame for making you that way? Did I neglect all that mattered? And then this is like the not great part of the chorus. With my head so far above the clouds, I didn't see that it was raining on our love. Uh, you, I don't think you get it, Nathan. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I, I, it's probably just uh, going over my head. Yeah. Uh, this song has some pretty interesting has some pretty interesting key changes. So this in the album has, has the first take it down key change. Mm. It goes from the key of F sharp to the key of E. Take it down. Here we go. And it sounds a little something like this. Then right. it was raining all Yeah, that's fine. Especially because like a lot of the instruments are like working their way up and then it just goes down. Yeah, you know, it's it sounds it sounds like it's just gonna be a borrowed chord, meaning you're still in the same key, but you just borrow a chord from another key to make to give the song like a um an edge. But it just fully changes keys for a while. And then it goes back up. Ooh, ooh. Right here. I didn't know and it doesn't resolve fully until right at the end of that sample. So, mm. yeah, some uh, some real arranging choices. Yeah, some good stuff. I like that. Well, uh, yeah, let's let's finish up. We got three more songs. Let's three more songs. Through. Blitz. Leaving is the only way out. <coughs> and put them back. Yeah, this is another song that skates pretty close to total incoherence. Uh, (laughs) When late nights and long lies came knocking, you just invited them in. And our voices got too loud for talking. Then my heart hit the floor, but your feet just kept walking. <laughs> I'm having a, like a lot of like physical movement going on there. Uh. <laughs> uh, so this is about uh, the end of a relationship and um, the chorus is really weird. So slow down your horses. I think the phrase people usually use is hold your horses, but okay. Uh, stop dragging me around and if crying is the only way into your heart then leaving is the only way out what that mean camera acid tears (laughs) (laughs) just yeah just uh like alien yeah just burn your way into that heart cool do you think alien cries acid tears oh maybe Uh, more to the point the alien does alien nut uh acid nut (laughs) (laughs) absolutely And and uh, when they do it in space, does it the push queen. them backwards? 
yeah. So this, yeah. Um, verse one, I'm not saying I have all the answers and I don't care who's right or wrong. I'm trying to pick up the pieces already fallen and put them back where they belong. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the chorus yeah. confuses me. Like, what does that mean when it's like, if crying is the only way into your heart, then leaving is the only way out? Did she cry her? Is that what she did to like win him over as a partner? Just cried a bunch? I don't, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What's the opposite of benefit of the doubt? That's what I want to give this song. Oh, um, I don't know. How, how would you phrase that? Benefit. Deficit of belief. It would be the... Uh, the Oh, man. How come when I try to think about something, my brain is like, oh, <laughs> everyone, everyone stay clear. He's trying to use us. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. It's like my brain is like Toy Story, and uh, all the thoughts are toys. And if I come into the room, they're like, "Oh, stay still, <laughs> stay still." <laughs> we don't want them to know that we that we that we're alive. Uh, that, that we're alive. <laughs> yep, uh, that's all right, buddy. You don't have to say anything. We can just move on uh, to the next one. No one needs to know. No one needs to know that your brain is dumb. <laughs> So we got a little bit of like Kermit vocals there. I think one of the biggest, I, th- I think one of the biggest impacts on country music that pop country had was using like emotional minor six chords. Hmm. Going from you know the three chords and and the truth, mm-hmm. you know, cliche, right. which it totally isn't true because classic country you, is, I mean, has has a lot more in common with like early jazz. Honestly, like it goes around the circle of fifths and. Bar, it changes keys and that kind of thing. Yeah. But um, the addition of that sort of very uh, emotional minor six chord just feels like pop music. You want to play that sample again and I'll point it out? Sure. This is the emo chord. Here. No, sorry. Here. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like that, that totally changes the feel. Like they have this upbeat, you know, tempo and groove. And then it's like, oh, there's a sad chord there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's the song about, though? Uh, so this is like a, a concept song. Which is, I fell in love with someone, and I'm uh, putting the cart before the horse, um, and I have our whole lives planned. Uh, oh, yeah, there's one little detail. I haven't told him about it yet. So mm-hmm. that's that's basically it. Yeah, the, and the detail And being it's also about their little Benji that they call Leroy. <laughs> yeah, Benji, really? She just means a fucking dog. And she says, we'll have a little girl, a little boy, and a little Benji we call Leroy. It's like, come on. I don't. So why didn't she just say dog? And why? And like, also, Leroy is just like the worst. It's a bad dog name. It's not a dog name. You're just trying to. It's not that hard to rhyme with boy. Yeah. Goy, Roy, toy. (laughs) And we'll have a little girl, a little boy, and there'll be little goys. (laughs) Exactly. 
so um <laughs> i have these notes on this she, she has the lines i met a tall dark and handsome man and i've been busy making plans and in the context of the song i'm like uh, you probably shouldn't do that like yeah <laughs> this is another song where she like meets someone and is instantly like oh we're gonna get married it's like whoa slow your roll it sounds like she literally just met him uh, but she, she, he does make her very aroused because she says, I got my heart set, my feet wet. So, I mean, <laughs> how aroused do you have to be to have it go all the way down your feet? <laughs> this lady's dripping. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, you remember those uh, uh, candies back in the 90s, Gushers? It's kind of like that. Uh, <laughs> God, I hate myself. Uh, Why did uh, I say that? <laughs> that makes two of us. Yeah. You, you also hate me? That's, that's yeah. wise. Uh, okay, let's end with this, uh, oh, wait, okay, so there's one thing, I had one sound sample, there is a spy music chord in this. Oh, Oh, yeah, what kind of chord is that? Why does it sound spy-y? Uh, well, I'll tell you about it. Oh, That is called an augmented chord, and usually you hear it in it's in a lot of like country music or like country adjacent music. And it's when you're on the five chord, the dominant chord, and you change it from a normal triad, uh, which is root third, fifth, or sorry, root major third, perfect fifth to root major third, augmented fifth. Um, And what that does, we talked about this in the past, but basically the reason the dominant chord feels dominant, like it needs to be resolved, is the half-step resolution mm-hmm. um, of the da, the major third in that chord to the one, the tonic of the song. Um, and then often it's also a dominant seven, uh, which is the four of uh, of the key. And then it resolves down to the major third of the one chord. So there's these two half-step resolutions. And uh, what the augmented fifth does is it adds another half-step resolution, which is, uh, it goes do, do, de, and that resolves up to a major third of the one chord. So it's just a way to chromatically inch toward the one chord Hmm. and to add tension. So that's what that is. Interesting. Thanks for explaining that. Yeah. All right. And uh, you hear that kind of thing a lot in uh, spy music. Yes. Or uh, more specifically, you hear an electric guitar play a minor chord with a major seven, which is essentially, uh, I mean, it has an augmented chord embedded into it, which is the sound. So, hmm. All right, let's finish big with the best song on the album. And I mean that totally sincerely and literally. It's called <laughs> God Bless the Child. It's wild. I can't believe this song. Hallelujah, hallelujah, God bless the child who suffers, hallelujah, hallelujah. The reverb on this. It was recorded in an airplane hangar, did you know that? No. No, that's a joke because there's so oh. much fucking reverb on this. <laughs> it's insane. Uh, I think uh. it's a meaningful song for Shania. It doesn't do much for me. If I remember right, um, God bless. It's uh, Wikipedia says it's an acapella prayer that Twain prayed to herself after her parents died. Huh. Yeah. So, I mean, 
I I appreciate her grieving process and her. It sounds emotions. like she she wrote a thing without a lot of perspective and just wanted to do something and no one could say no to her because it seemed very important. Yes, that's kind of what it seems like. Yeah. I mean, are you going to say like to the person who just lost their parents? No, you can't sing a song about it on your album. Yeah. Maybe I would say you can sing a good song. (laughs) (laughs) You're a songwriter. Write a good song about it. Oh, boy. Harsh. I wouldn't say that. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's the last song on this album. Yeah. Weird little uh, ellipses. Yeah. Little P.S. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I think, you know, I I think I'm a little bit more positive about this album now that we've talked about it and you've shared how much you like it. I'm a little more negative about it. Hooray! (laughs) Met in the middle. Hooray! Yeah, the regression (laughs) to the mean. You gotta love that. Um, Do you? Yeah. So next week we'll be talking about Come On Over, her album from 1997. It's 60 minutes long with 16 songs, so we may very well not talk about all of them. Uh, we'll see about that. Um, but yeah, until until that week, you can visit us online at boxset.website. Email us at email at boxset.website or just go on our uh, Patreon. It's probably, or not Patreon, fuck. I, I keep doing that. Go on our Discord, but also go on our Patreon and give us money, please. Go mm, on it. Go on it. Go in it. Go all around it and all up, uh, all your money in it. Uh, also write us a review on iTunes. Just do it already. I, I keep asking you and you know, I actually haven't checked how many <laughs> reviews we have, but it's not enough. We need more. <laughs> Always more. Yeah. You can also listen to Cameron's other podcasts, Get Up in the Cool. I just became a money-paying member, donor, supporter yeah. of that. So everybody go and do likewise. Yeah. Uh, I am always pleasantly surprised when I hear about people who start with Think Outside the Box set and move over to Get Up in the Cool. You just because keep sucking our listeners away. Yeah. <laughs> totally cannibalizing. No, I mean, I I just never think that uh, that there's much of a venn diagram and then i'm always surprised Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um because the tone is just so different and i am i play such a different character on it yes um which is just like a respectful person (laughs) (laughs) who doesn't interrupt people not at all the kind of person that either of us are on this podcast yeah um and lets my guests explain music instead um uh while i'm plugging (laughs) uh uh, I recently, just just in case any of our listeners are aspiring Clawhammer banjo players, I am. I've been producing for like the past year uh, an ins- online instructional series for old time Clawhammer banjo, and I just launched it like last month, and some people have signed up, and people seem to think that it's really good. Uh, I think it's really good. I'm really proud of it. I think that I am an exceptionally good teacher of music. I've done it for a really long time. And I think I'm especially good at not taking certain concepts for granted. Like Mm. there is a link under every tune tutorial, which is just like, hey, just in case you haven't watched this yet, here's a video that's just about banjo playing posture. Mm. You know, like that kind of thing. You know, I try to like have uh, everything explained, even the things that um, most kind of like instructor bros on the internet like will uh, think is too obvious to spend their time making a video about. So Mm -hmm. it should, you know, it's all up there. It's all on the site. And uh, right now it's just uh, material for absolute beginners. So um, if you're an absolute beginner or want to be an absolute beginner, uh, go check that out. It's pitchforkbanjo.com. Yeah. 
good, good stuff. All right. Well, until next week with Come On Over, I've been Nathan Hunt and Boil a Mash, I'm sticking him in a shoe. And I've been Cameron DeWitt and I've got a long, long uh-huh, uh-huh. empathy. Oh. Stackily. Stackily.